Hello and welcome to Quarantine Talk, a podcast about everything and anything. I'm Jerry, and this is Alex. And、Hi. today's episode is on cancel culture. But before we jump in, let's see what ridiculous news we have. So the first news I have: an Italian prisoner escaped from the prison. But the interesting twist is he left a note that says. We will be back. So it turns out, two cousins, two forty-year-old guys, broke out the prison、uh, overnight,、uh, scaling a wall using a water hose I left in the courtyard. Before they escaped, left, they left a note explaining why they had their personal errands to run, and <laughs> they said they are driven by the need to protect their children from a nasty business they got themselves into. They specify they will be back within a week, and they will make things right, as both of their wives are still in jails as well. <laughs> Is this like a mafia story? Are they from the mafia? I have so many questions. Please, no. They are in for like non-violent crimes. I think it's just for fraud, fraud so like stealing stuff and fraud. I want to emphasize on the moral that these guys have. We're just gonna protect our kids, but don't worry. We'll be back and we'll make up for that week if necessary. But just wait for us, okay? Hold on. If they knew they could escape all this time. Or were they just planning it out? I I have so many questions. I need to interview these guys. <laughs> the weird thing is that in movies, every time like a protagonist、uh, who's either like a good person in jail for doing dishonorable things or something, like, they always be like, oh yes, my husband, my wife, my children, or my friend is in trouble. So I need to break out the jail to save my friend, even though I know it's wrong. And they always do that in the movies. But now it's happening in real life. We are still good people. We,、we'll, even though we commit crime, we still have moral codes. <laughs> I love a good prison break story. Okay, so my first news is earlier this week, a 29-year-old woman was detained when she was flying. I'm not gonna say the exact place because it's in China and I don't want to butcher the name.、Mm-hmm. But she was on a flight, just a local flight, when she was. Detained for smashing the first layer of the plane's window. She had been consuming a great、uh, deal of alcohol. She was drinking Baijiu, and it has between 35 and 60 degrees of alcohol. The attendants later explained that she had been in a breakup recently, and she was very affected by it. And she got very emotional, and the alcohol didn't help at all, <laughs> and started punching the window from the plane until she broke it. So the first layer was completely smashed. They didn't say what would happen to the woman if she was gonna be fined or she was gonna go to jail. There weren't any specific details set. Breakups are it's a tough thing, so yeah. you know. Yeah, so smash a plane, you know, they're they're hard to break though. Like、yeah. she, imagine how hard she needed to punch that window to finally break it.、Mm-hmm. Well, this I, is the first layer. Isn't there like a scientific thing where like if a if a baby is trapped in within a house, the mom、mm-hmm. will have suddenly they have like a lot of strength out of nowhere because they are so emotional. But I think like, it comes from adrenaline, and、mm-hmm. drinking that amount of alcohol should have the opposite side. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but. I would imagine that drinking alcohol would make you less strong. If you look at all the、uh, Friday night football hooligans, you know that that are drunk, smashing windows. The alcohol definitely didn't make them less strong. That is true. I don't know. I really don't know. I think it was impressive that she was able to break hard plastic plane window, which isn't supposed to break. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oddly, today we have plenty of、uh, breaking and entering news. 
a man was caught on camera breaking into an Australian museum to take selfies with dinosaurs. So, it just imagine night of a museum, but instead with Ben Stiller, it's just a random tourist, 25-year-old student tourist, who broke into <laughs> broke into a museum to take pictures for for like 48 minutes or something. Turns out he also left with a cowboy hat. The reason the police found out is because he left a cowboy hat and a picture of a unknown value at the ground of the of the museum. What he was doing is just basically going around taking selfies with fossils with artifacts. I love the opening sentence of this article as well. They say, in the era in the era of social distancing, spending a night in the museum to wander in its halls in peace seems like a wonderful idea. Unfortunately, doing so while the museum is closed is considered a crime. I mean, he could have taken so much stuff and all he did was take selfies. That right there is either a very stupid person or a very good person just interested in history. Like, why do you do it after it's closed? You can you can still take selfies when... I mean, you can't take pictures in the museum, I guess. Yeah, I kind of understand the fact that you want to do it without people around. Yeah, but to, to be fair, he did commit some crimes other than like breaking and entering. He stole a staffer's cowboy hat, a coat rack, and... I mean, I don't think this is a crime, but he blissfully posed in the open jaws of a T-Rex. I declare myself a fan. Oh, it also has a good ending as well. And after the police asked the public to track him down, uh, the guy named Paul Kuhn, a German student by the way, turned himself in without any objection, voluntarily appeared in the in the police station, and was subsequently charged with breaking and entering and refused bail. Also, there's a fun quote from the police. According to Newsweek, the deputy inspector of New South Wales Police publicly reminded citizens that this isn't Ben Steeler's night at the museum, that the real world repercussions awaits for those who break the law. He also said he certainly enjoyed his night in the museum. If this gentleman is watching, all I can say is it's not going to be a movie producer knocking on his door. <laughs> NSW police will be knocking very shortly. It was before he was caught. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> the first news I cover and this one are mm-hmm. both crimes. But they are, you know, not mean-spirited ones. They're they not have... meant to be bad. First guys were planning on coming back, the other one just voluntarily went to the... They're not bad people, I think. So this one's for you to guess, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read you the headline. You'll have three attempts to guess mm-hmm. what the story is about. Mm-hmm. So the headline is, quote-unquote, Of course, no one is reported for accidentally letting one go. This is about a sheep? No. About cows? Chickens? No, that's your third attempt. Oh no! <laughs> it's not about an animal. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you that as one attempt. I'm guessing it's not fruits or vegetables. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know why my my mind just goes to farm products immediately. Yeah. Is it a kid? Is it a, is it a home no. alone situation? No, oh. it's not. Oh, I was expecting it would be like oh a mom a- ha- who had. 15 kids accidentally lost one. They're like, ah, I'm okay. <laughs> Is it? I don't know why. It's just a wild guess. Is this one still like the office supplies? No. I couldn't, couldn't guess. It surprised me. What is it? Okay. In Vienna, a man was fined 447 pounds for a proactive fart. What? Now I get it. Letting one go. <laughs> 
exactly. So in Vienna, a man was just walking by, and allegedly, according to police, as he was passing by the policemen who were just, I guess, standing or guarding whatever, he purposely farted. So he was fined for offending the public's decency. And the policemen in Twitter had to make an explanation saying like, of course, no one is reported accidentally for letting one go. But because he did it in front of the police, they took it as if the man was challenging them, proactively farting. That actually is a genius way of protesting. Just farting, <laughs> falling in front of a police. Of all the peaceful ways you can protest, I support that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all for ridiculous news this week. I love these news. It's, it's just me off. You know, there's a lot of weird news outside. But I'm glad we were able to pick up some news that doesn't involve people dying or, yeah. you know, horrible things happening. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And according to Urban Dictionary, cancel culture is a desire to cancel out a person or community from social media platforms. Yeah, it's quite a common thing these days on the internet, used by a lot of people. Jerry, have you ever canceled anyone? I mean, yeah, mostly people who I don't know, you know. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say, oh, I never canceled anybody because <laughs> I've been on the internet specifically Twitter, long enough to been part of such activities. Mostly, it will be like for racist people who are exposed. For example, a uh, racist video of people who's been seen uh, phys physically or verbally abusing someone. But uh, there are cases where you sort of just went with it. I did cancel people on false claims before. I'm not gonna lie, I never did that before. It's quite easy to get into that mindset, especially when you're enraged of, by someone who said something offensive or, you know, did something that they shouldn't do. Mostly I cancel people either because they're racist or they're been seen as a hypocrite, basically. Most often when I'm, I agree with the rationality against that person, for example, with like Ellen DeGeneres, generous who has a public figure because I do think public figures celebrities has its own problematic issues with it as well you know what about you Alex I have canceled people definitely the one that I most recently have canceled was JK Rowling which was a massive letdown for me because I love Harry Potter it's been my life especially because she's calling herself a feminist and by doing so she's somewhat tainting what feminism is how far would you take the canceling you know what what is the what is the extent of you canceling is it just you will never read harry potter books or you will never watch harry potter films or here's the thing i already have films i have all the books i don't want to say i will never watch harry potter movies because i still think actors don't have anything to do with it i wouldn't recommend the books first of all i wouldn't defend her anymore I don't want to say I've excused her actions because there's some actions that she's done that are inexcusable. But you can sort of be like, oh, well, you know, she said the Dumbledore thing, she made him gay just to get some representation. Yeah, it's done badly, but you can say, well, she had the best of intentions. But when she's done it over and over again, and especially she doesn't show any remorse, she, she doesn't appear to want to learn, or think that she doesn't have anything to learn, that's when for me it crosses a line that it's 
okay, you're cancelled. I will not support you anymore. I will not recommend your books. I would not recommend anything that it's gonna go directly to you. I would not donate to your organizations because she has a bunch of NGOs. But like some people will say that the books JK Rowling written are bigger than herself. Harry Potter isn't just JK Rowling. It's only part of the thing. But I think there's a difference with books and movies. I think the movies are more than J.K. Rowling. That's why I would still watch the movies and I would recommend the movies where you have more people that are involved with it because the book is solely the authors. But what about, for example, if the next Fantastic Beasts movie comes out, we go watch it. Those are those are screenplays written by J.K. Rowling. She directly no. wrote the scripts as well. As much as I like it, I wouldn't go to watch Fantastic Beasts. Not only because of those tweets, but because of the whole thing with Dumbledore and Najiri. Mm. I don't know how you pronounce that right, yeah. but maybe I'd watch it, but I watch it illegally. I would pirate it. Yeah, for me, I think it's it's a hard question to ask because like I don't think I can separate the art from the artists. Not completely, you know. And it also depends on the situation. Situation, but mostly people are more uncomfortable when the person called in question is on screen. Their face yeah. is literally the poster in the film and within everything about the advertisement. For example, with Kevin Spacey, I was a big fan of films he made before the scandal came out. Wasn't Kevin Spacey on House of Cards when he was... Yes. House yes, of he... Cards kicked him out of the show as well. They literally killed him off screen. People who say they should bring Kevin Spacey back to finish the last season for the art, they're not doing it for the art. As much as I would like to say yes, I would still want to watch the old films he was in. For example, David Fincher 7, where he plays a psychopath. I think it'll be more digestible because he's the villain in it. He's basically playing a psychopath and not saying he is in real life. But even for that, I will be hesitant to go back to it. You know, even if he plays a villain. I think I accidentally watched the Kevin Spacey film while I was at a friend's house. They're playing it. And it just feels weird for him to play like the hero protagonist of the film. Literally, I couldn't bear to look at his face. Uh, it's not the same extent, but for example, people like Harvey Weinstein. It's almost impossible to cancel every film he was ever involved in. Half of Tarantino films are produced by him. He was mm. discovered by Harvey Weinstein. And a lot of films are made by him. My favorite film, Carol, is produced by Harvey Weinstein as well. When you see his logo at the opening, you just have to sit with it a little bit because mm. i don't think those art like you said those artists shouldn't be punished because of the producer you know it's not their responsibility and consequences to bear for like twitter personas the worst thing you would do is unfollow them block them or something like that and maybe for the canceling to actually work it does need some real life circumstances other than just people saying oh i'm gonna block this person i'm gonna unfollow this person because i can guarantee you jk Rowling doesn't care about losing followers do you think on what you said about polanski being doing a movie for sort of redeeming or excusing himself or do you believe in them being able to change i think it needs to be for example you know uh, do you know what happened to liam neeson i think it was like last year or a couple years ago i think he said on the radio show while promoting a film about revenge where he said when his friend got killed by, by someone and i think the, the murderer was a black person oh and yeah said that he was in a bar almost gonna kill any black person he encountered in the yeah. public you know basically just saying he's gonna commit a race crime basically you know a lot of people were were eager to jump on canceling him but i think the 
positive side is he is openly admitting to something he has done and that's probably something i think cancel culture should work i think it's important for people to give them some opportunity to redeem themselves that being said i think the frequency of these apologies are so high these days it's impossible for me to feel sympathy for them especially when all they say are oh i wasn't the same person i was 10 years ago i has learned to be tolerant blah 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 it's almost become a template but then what kind of apology can they issue because i mean i'm sorry it's a template for everyone but that's just how you apologize how do you think they could phrase or make an apology for it to stick with you i think for the first thing is they actually have to own up to their own mistakes because some apologies are they're still excusing their behavior saying oh you know what i did was wrong but if you go and say it was wrong but you're not apologizing you're saying i'm sorry yeah. you feel offended i'm right yeah i'll for sure i'll prefer people to apologize first people like kevin spacey or harvey weinstein i don't think they're ever redeemable If they ever want to have any sense of decency in the public image, they would have apology as a statement or in person, but they didn't. What Kevin Spacey did when he was found out was literally using this opportunity to come out as gay. People can see it clear as sky that he isn't trying to apologize for this. He's trying to distract people because often in mainstream culture, coming out is seen as a positive thing. I think it depends on the circumstances of their cancels. Because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, oh, he, she has the right to, yeah, she has the right to say it. You know, I think the thing with modern society is freedom of speech doesn't mean uh, speech without consequences. What you yeah. say, what you do does have consequences, you know. And I think the same thing should be applied to apologies as well, you know when they apologize, I think it should be more than words. It should be actually, you know, committing yourself to do something. To me, a physical appearance of apology goes a long way more than just a statement written. Because we all know celebrities or some people, they, they hire PR firms to do that kind yeah. of stuff. Don't they have PR firms to actually make the apology better? I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't use PR firms because maybe some of them actually need some PR firms to, you know... Uh, definitely J.K. Rowling should get a PR firm <laughs> to, to make her tweet. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that PR firms are calling her, but she's in fact so privileged because she knows nothing of consequence will happen to her. You know, I think it's fine for, you, for them to employ PR firms, But the thing is, it has to feel at least somewhat genuine and informative because some apologies are so general and generic. It's literally just ripping apology sentence right out of a playbook. I understand people are changed because some mistakes that happened 10 years ago. But firstly, like you have to you have to ensure people you'll never do it again. And secondly, you have to sort of you have to earn people's faith back. I think as a rule, I personally don't trust set apologies like words that's why actions in these cases are so important for me to actually see that jk rowling is changed and it's something that i don't expect i think it depends on the individual as well but actions speak more than words but i think if there's a chance for you to be redeemable i don't think you should be cancelled but if, if you are cancelled i think it has gotten a point where people don't believe you will be redeemable yeah. it's a very fine line because 
if someone says something racist, I would、mm. give them a chance to be redeemed, like I did with J.K. Rowling. Not only apologizing, but showing it so in your next book or in your next film or in your next play, construct a character that is not not white, an Asian character that has its own independence, a good character, not a simple、yep. dummy.、Yes. Um, but it has gotten to a point where I think, in the case of J.K. Rowling, there's nothing that she would do. That I would think genuine. I think she needs to demonstrate that she's well educated. That would be the only way for me to redeem her. But I think it's very difficult once you cancel someone. I think you're canceling someone when you think having a second chance is no longer an option because you've had way too many second chances. I think when you cancel someone, it's because you truly believe they've done something either horrible. Like Harvey Weinstein or Kevin Spacey, that it doesn't matter how much you educate yourself, it doesn't matter how much money you donate, you still have done it, and the pain you're causing would never be solved. Yes, I think, and this is my personal opinion. I think that people who say something racist or something misogynistic or something LGBT phobic, I think there's still space for them to learn. But when they've said it repeatedly, and especially they've said it repeatedly without showing intent to work on it, accepting the fact that they've said something offensive or wrong,、yeah. that's when they deserve to get cancelled.、Uh, but I think it's、uh, we sort of underestimate how much public is willing to forgive people, you know, especially people with privilege. For example, you know, you did know like the actor Mel Gibson. He was under fire. The, the guy who played Braveheart. Ah,、uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he was under fire for being a racist. He was abusive against his wife. He screamed like racial slurs at her. You know, on the phone recorded, and also he literally on repeat said some anti-Semitic stuff as well because of these kind of controversial things. He was out of Hollywood for almost a decade. But recently, I think in the past six years, admittedly he's a good director. He came back to Hollywood as a director, more as a, more of a director than, than an actor. And、yeah. Hollywood seems quite okay with welcoming him back. With they say, oh, him as a director, it's more his craft. He's not on screen, but should that make a difference? It's just because he's not in the film as Mel Gibson, the actor. He's more in behind the scenes. Just because he made a good film, even Alman is pretty well made. Does that excuse for for him to come back to make make a comeback and? Be okay again, you know. One, I think it's very funny how people have that dichotomy、mm. of being very、yeah. quick to cancel someone, but double standards, yeah. Yeah, how people might forgive others like Mel Gibson, but then be so quick to cancel others like James Charles, a beauty guru who is 19 years old, was cancelled because a woman 30 years old said he had done some. Predatory things, and people cancelled him without hearing his version of the story. He later came out with his version of the story, and people were like, "We're cancelling her." And then with the director stuff, I think it's separating the art from the artist will be a never-ending debate. I think it's not about whether he's on screen or out of screen. It's just the fact that he's part of that project. He's more present on that if he's a director than an actor. But then again, I think that the art is separate from the artist, basically because I read a lot of classic literature, and the problem with classic literature is that all authors are either racist or misogynistic or both, or LGBT phobic or everything you know bad that you can imagine. 
so either you are able to separate the art from the artist or you will never read a book uh, prior to the 2000 yeah. or even then but let me ask you do you think it's productive basically does it actually promote change do you think the act of canceling actually can improve someone you know make them better you know not just i think as i've said before it just depends on the individual if you're canceled you probably won't change because that's why you're being canceled it's a metaphorical jail but it's a way of saying you know you've done nothing illegal though hate crime is illegal i must say but we are socially enjailing you but you know I don't trust J.K. Rowling to change because there's some people that would never change. Yeah, and also brings up the question that nothing really has happened to her to make her rethink exactly. what she has done. Because more often than not these days, when someone gets cancelled, the company who the person works for will release a statement almost right after. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, we are separating our work from the person who's cancelled. Yeah. But like, do you think, is there a possibility of people jumping jumping to conclusions too quickly these days? Like, like you said, for example, racist things people said. In, in social media, people get, you know, literally Twitter, de- I call them Twitter detectives because they, they'll watch a video and they'll find where they live, where they work for and what university they attend. But do you think it's too much? For example, if someone's caught on tape saying the N-word or something and people mm. just start asking his boss to fire him right there and then, is there a moral dilemma there, you think? I think there is. I think cancel culture, it's very complicated because it depends on a lot of things. It depends on who the person is, what they've said, what they've done prior to that. In the case of celebrities, it's easy to say we're gonna cancel and maybe cut down a lot of their income but i think there's some cases jerry was telling me the other day there was a, the case of a journalist who was cancelled and was fired for saying the n-word on a private conversation which i think influences as well because maybe if you know that person he, she was having a conversation with would have told her don't say this maybe she would have changed and said why shouldn't i say this because of this oh sorry about that she would never have done it again but she was fired And the problem with that is you're probably cutting her down from not only her job, her actual job that is paying her bills and paying her food, but you're also probably cutting her out of other possible jobs she could get. The problem is you're making someone's life completely miserable. And a very important thing from punishments, it has to be proportional to what they've done. And I think... Yeah, public shaming. I would say public shaming, it's a proportional punishment. And I think one thing people have to be aware is that what is the context of this thing happening? Because like you said, the issue, uh, the the case where you mentioned about the the journalist, it was a private conversation. Not that it takes away from her saying the N-word. It's still very, very bad. But did her friend correct her afterwards? Was it a joke or was it intent for racially abusing someone? That doesn't take away from her saying the N-word. She shouldn't say it in any yeah. case. But she should explain why. But the thing was, explain. Explain doesn't mean excuse. When you're explaining it, you're saying, this is what I did and I own up to this 100%. Yeah. And when people do that, I think I'm more inclined to forgive them. Also, another thing about the internet cancel culture is that more, more often than not, people forget that these claims, these exposing things, doesn't 
come out of nowhere. Just like elections, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like whenever there's an election, people dig up dirt about their opponents. Yeah. You know, I think when you're looking at this controversial things, it is important to look at what they did. That's definitely important to confront that. But also, who is exposing it? What is their intentions? For example, a case with director of Garden or Guardian of Galaxy, James Gunn, who was in a political debate on Twitter with someone right wing. But it turns out, oh, the guy had tweeted lots and lots of pedophilia jokes. So Disney immediate distance from him. You know, said he's not going to direct the next Guardian of Galaxy film, and the public basically shamed him and canceled him. But there was this debate of, you know, is it the same thing? Definitely, it's awful. You know, but it's not、yeah. the same thing as actually committing the crime. And secondly, he did issue an apology literally right after he was exposed, and he said, "Oh, it was ten years ago." Blah, blah, blah. And initially, I was like, "I'm inclined to forgive him." Because he was really quick to own up to his mistake, and he did suffer consequences of it. And also, it was a malicious attack, even though what he did that was exposed was the truth. Once Disney fired him, what happened next is that、like、he immediately got hired by Warner Brothers, and he got to direct the next Suicide Squad film. And then after a few months, I think two months passed, they rehired him. And I was on the side of him, basically saying, "Oh yeah, he should be, you know, redeemed." But like the, the kind of like the how fast everything he gained, like because when you have other celebrities fucking them up and saying, "Oh, he's a marvelous person, he doesn't deserve this," then there's nothing else to do. In that case. It actually had the opposite effect of what we discussed about, you know, improving someone. Maybe he did improve in his heart or something, but he actually gained more than he lost because he get to direct Suicide Squad now. He get to work for both DC and Marvel. And also another thing I was a little bit iffy about it is, turns out Disney has no intention of firing him in the first place. They actually kept him on the project. Kept him working for the working with the Marvel films, but in public they just told him, "Oh yeah, we're gonna say we fire you for a couple months until the public are kind of okay with you to come back." That's what we said about you know why PR is so easily manipulative and how people are very quick to forgive. I'm,、yeah. I'm I still think the reason he got canceled isn't just, but at the same time, it also shows how little corporations are willing to commit to actually changing it, because. They have no intention of firing him. They're just doing it for PR purpose. And once、yeah. everything blows over, everything's back to normal. And in that case, did actually anything change? And is any of these productive? I don't think so. I don't think any of these cancellings actually help anything, help anybody. Do you、But、think the, it the, helps in some cases, or maybe help? You know, sort of improve James Gunn's awareness. What he says, what he does, because the films he made are for children. He was apologetic. I was just not very pleased with the way Disney handled things, because it just shows again and again、yeah. they don't care. Corporations, they only care about PR, because they know keeping James Gunn is the profitable option for them. You know, and audiences ultimately won't care. Even if they don't change as individuals, even if canceling culture doesn't help them to for change,、yeah. it still does a great deal for the audiences. As it was the case of Johnny Depp when he was accused of hitting her, his wife.、Mm-hmm. Even though, well, there's a lot of stuff in the Johnny Depp case, but directors and movie producers didn't want to work with him 
because people were not up for watching him in screen. Maybe John Depp would never change. He would be punished in a way. Maybe he doesn't care, but we don't have to see his face anymore. I think with the Garden of Galaxy thing, I think ultimately the evaluation of Disney came down to does audience care who directs Garden of Galaxy films? And the answer is no. Film fans, they care. They care who directs it. But they also care about if they fire James Gunn, who's, who's going to replace him? ultimately it is more in their benefit to keep this person but with like johnny depp's it's kind of hard to argue that he actually got punished by because he's still starring in films fantastic beasts you know yeah but that's one of the reasons why i think fantastic beasts saw a decline in popularity because people did not want to see johnny depp on fantastic beasts and that that was one of the controversies that fantastic beasts had but let me ask you this question that I think is actually interesting. Does your like of dislike, of your biases of this celebrity helps you decide it one way or another? Does it influence you? I, I bring this up because Amber Heard in this case of Johnny Depp in some twists and turns, turns out she was the abuser of, yeah. of Johnny Depp. But Warner did distance themselves from the case of Amber Heard because she was in Aquaman. Mm-hmm. But if you ask a lot of general audience or, or a lot of people, they wouldn't care that but there would be people online advocating for it, you know. So I'm just thinking, this is Johnny Depp from 20 years ago and Johnny Depp from now. Does people's biases of this person, oh, we like this celebrity. For example, God forbid, Chris Pratt. Remember Chris Pratt, in modern day Hollywood is quite well liked and he has has a big box office draw. It does influence, but it shouldn't. And that's what you were saying. Cancel culture does not work if people do not care. But then why do we have cancel culture? It just feels like people are gonna be biased nonetheless. And that's why there's like this sort of double blade where they would suddenly cancel someone like James Charles, who is only 19 years old, but wouldn't cancel the, who was the guy from Braveheart? Mel Gibson, yeah. But wouldn't cancel Mel Gibson, who's a grown man and knows he shouldn't say those things. James Charles, the things he was accused for, uh, for being predatory, you could see they were out of context, very inappropriate jokes that you make when you're a teen. Of course, you're you're biased by your liking it on of of them. Of course, it plays a very important part on you deciding where the line is to cancel someone. Of course, you're gonna give more opportunities to someone you like but it shouldn't and and when i find myself doing that i i curse at myself but i can i just can't avoid it because you know as a human being you have opinions and you have biases and that's only natural and there's nothing you can do and i think cancel culture it's something that has come up as a very biased thing some people not liking other people as a way of doesn't cut it that i'm just being mean to someone on the internet i need to do more so i'm gonna cancel this person of course there are some people who actually unbiasedly deserve to be cancelled but it, it is a culture it is an action that has come from the individual bias of someone who decided that it was uh just also you can you if someone posted something racist online on twitter or on instagram you do have the option to report it to twitter to flag it basically or ask other people to flag it. I think also with serious crimes, you know, not, not saying like, you know, posting stuff online isn't serious, but posting online sometimes is quite self-explanatory with what JK Rowling did or with someone writing something racist and posting on Facebook on, or on Twitter, that's quite self-explanatory. 
but yeah. with situations in real life, for example, someone videotaping or someone doing something horrible. I'm in the firm belief of, for example, in the case of sexual assault or harassment in believing the victim while still trying to, you know, wait for more evidence, wait for more to come out, yeah. you know, not jump to conclusions. That happens a lot online, you know, people get cancelled. For example, uh, I just read someone came out and accused Ansel Elgort of sexual yes. assault. We should believe in the victim first and foremost, but also I think we should wait. I'm no fan of Ansel Elgort, but at the same time, I have no intention of ruining someone's life if it doesn't have concrete evidence. At some point of my life on Twitter or something, I probably did some mistakes and got corrected by it. You know, got corrected yeah. by people. You know, and I openly, if I posted something wrong, I'm more than happy to correct it or delete it or whatever to correct my behavior. But these are sensitive cases. Having an opinion on an issue is important. But sometimes it's also good to wait for a little bit to be supportive of the victim, even if it's not real. What does it take to sort of be supportive of someone who may actually been through something traumatic yeah. while not immediately jumping to burn Ansel Elgort down to the ground? I think you can take that point of view of believing in what this person may be accused to a point, but also still hold that investigative mindset or, you know, sort of let's wait until more comes out kind of mindset you don't need to immediately say oh as a girl deserves to die or jump to another point of view where you start questioning the, the victim or start harassing just because you like Ansel Elgort or believe Ansel Elgort is innocent you don't need to go to any of these lengths for the celebrities you like or dislike for for example there was this weird weird hashtag on online a couple weeks ago John Krasinski is over and I was like oh what happened to him did he did something horrible and I click into it and it's just like basically a middle-aged Karen a, a, a woman who are who really dislike John Krasinski and start posting like oh here's the thread of why John Krasinski is over hashtag John Krasinski over party turns out it's just because John Krasinski played a lot of cop characters and on social media there's the trend of a cab or oh, cops are bad because of Black Lives Matter, uh-huh. and he's like, oh, uh, John Krasinski played a lot of cop characters, that means he has to be cancelled. And I'm like, actors also play a lot of cop characters. Doesn't they mean also they play a lot of healers. And... Doesn't mean they are immediately becoming the person they played. What? what? And that just highlights sometimes the ridiculous side of cancel culture, yeah. of anybody can be claimed to be cancelled just because something they did or something they didn't or you know sometimes completely ridiculous claims when when you're canceling someone it's helpful to remember that it isn't just because it feels good to cancel someone your reasoning behind it you know it doesn't matter how much you dislike it if i'm being perfect i don't like john krasinski not not because he's bad actor or something i just i just don't like him like that's my personal bias but i'm not gonna cancel him because my personal bias of disliking this person just because you don't like him doesn't mean you should immediately jump on the train of canceling him when something insignificant or unfounded has been made towards him you should judge him like you said regardless of the biases just like you judge anybody i don't think there's a completely 100% guilty-free or right way of conducting yourself online. Your small act of being more thoughtful and careful can actually help someone because yeah. every word you send out, malicious or not, 
it can affect someone. There's consequences. There's consequences for the celebrities. There's consequences for the people who said racist or misogynistic, homophobic stuff. I think people forget that a lot. I think that was a really good note to end on. And yeah. now we can move on to our game. Today's game consists of... So we're going to bring out two celebrities and two situations. And we have to do a blunt apology for each situation. But as if we were the celebrity. Do you want to start, Jerry? Do you want to do your celebrity first? Sure. Throw at me. Yeah, I'm ready. This one is the celebrity you love and adore. And I picked it up precisely for you. You have to be Elon Musk apologizing for calling Answorth pedo guy. Oh no. So I have to, have to be in the mindset of someone who is egotistical and probably not apologizing, actually thinking he did anything wrong. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to do voices, so I'm not gonna do voices. <laughs> so I think he'll probably say something like, what would I say the guy was was a pedophile? I, I just meant by he looks like one, not he's actually one, because he was a guy who was uncollaborative towards my effort of helping them. I designed some submarines. What did that guy did? All he did was saving some people, you know, being there. I'm a millionaire guy. I'm the guy with the money. I'm the guy with all the resources. He should have been more collaborative so he wouldn't look as much as like a pedophile. He probably took on the job because he's probably a pedophile, but I'll never know because he just looks like one. How is that my fault? <laughs> God, that's ridiculous. That's that's a good one. That's a great one. I, I love it. In response for, for that, I also prepared an honestly indefensible thing for you to apologize for. Oh my God. This will be hard because I know you hate this person. It's Donald Trump for the misogynistic. Oh no! I, I have to specify which one. The one the where he. P- yes. Oh no! You have to do it in the most Trump way. Of him actually not feeling guilty about it. It's just like that's just the that's just the way it was. Listen, when I said what I said about grabbing women playing the, I totally mean it. I do not apologize. I do not think I should be condemned. In fact, it's all China's fault. We should impose more. <laughs> we should impose more taxes into Chinese products because China made me do it. <laughs> I think he would do some China discourse in, in that. <laughs> it would definitely be a big contention of his speech of apologizing. The second one is Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. So Alec Baldwin was getting di- divorced and yeah. he called his then 11-year-old daughter and he left yeah. a voicemail calling the daughter a rude, thoughtless pig and then adding, you don't have the brains or the decency as a human being. Oh no, that, that's even worse because that's someone actually insulting his own family member. 11 years old. I'm doing the Trump voice because he also did impressions of Trump on like Saturday Night Live show. Yeah. Listen, daughter, when I said those words, what I mean is you are still so immature. You are actually dumb, stupid, and... <laughs> and rude you deserve those words coming to you because these are part of your education you should know that 
you are part of the Bolden family. You you should perform with the posture and honorary reputation of our family. It is your own fault. You're being accused of being rude, especially by your own father, who doesn't need to apologize to you. Cause I'm your dad, and you should always listen to your dad. I'm coming from a good place. Let me tell you, you are still rude, ugly, and stupid. <laughs> and that's my, your father's true to her words. I feel bad oh. for that imaginary kid of yours. <laughs> There's a lot of bad things this celebrity has did, and he's really, really popular. He looks like a horse, but that's not the reason we're we're. He's just oh, be a pop. No. It, it's it better than Cumberbatch. That's another celebrity that I cannot find myself canceling. It's not that I like him. I don't care about him. I care about the movies he's in, and I like the concept of Doctor Strange, for example. And I used to like Sherlock a lot. So you do, you do know there's like two Sherlock Holmes on TV. That's like the most famous yeah. one. But there's also a, another version on TV. Called Elementary with. I love that、Donald. one. So, <laughs> I-, I want you to imagine I'm John Lee Miller and you're Benedict Cumberbatch,、okay. and this is the words you said. I did said to Johnny, "Well, I would prefer you didn't do it, but you got a kid kid to feed, a nice house in L.A., and a wife to keep in good clothes. When you get used to a certain standards of living, they waft for a paycheck at you. What are you gonna do?" So I want to imagine I'm John Lee Miller and you're Benedict Cumberbatch, and your your PR agent told you we want you to apologize to Mr. John Lee Miller in person. So what would you say? Do I have to do it in an English accent? <laughs> Whichever your choice, it's your choice. Oof, oof. Okay, I'm sorry for all the English people that I'm gonna offend with this. <laughs> I will probably fail halfway and just carry on with my terrible Spanish accent. Listen, Johnny boy. I don't think you should be offended by my words because you know, as a man, you should carry the responsibility to care for your wife. And of course, I do not have such privilege as you. I only have a billion-dollar house in London and only a small penthouse. In Los Angeles, so you know it's only a life. It's only life. As a man, you should carry the responsibility. You shouldn't feel offended. You know you're not half a good actor as me, but that's all right. Yep, yep, yep.、Uh, also, <laughs> that's not. The, it's not the worst thing he said, but it feels it feels quite personal. I just feel like this thing he said. It's so imagine being John Lee Miller and be like. What did Benedict said? What? He's bitter because they cancelled his show, and Elementary has run for what ten seasons, and people、mm-hmm. actually enjoy watching it. I literally binged like two seasons straight. Elementary are is is a procedure show, which means there's twenty episodes and season, and I did it in one sitting. Gary, who do you think did best? I, I like yours a lot. I I love your Trump. Your misogynistic Trump and misogynistic Cumberbatch, like, <laughs> so amazing! I love it. It's spot on, spot on. I think you did a great Elon Musk. I think that was great. <laughs>、yeah. Anyway, that was all for today. Yep. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the highlights of the show on our YouTube Quarantine Talk channel. You can also find this week's blog post in the QuarantineTalk.wordpress.com, and it has been on the ISSEP. Follow us on Instagram at Quarant. 
underscore talk and Twitter at quarantine underscore talk. See you next week. Bye.